Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Hi, church. How's it going? <laughs> I uh, am really excited about the word tonight. I've been uh, looking forward to it all day. Um, probably should have got more work done today than I did because I was just looking forward to, uh, to tonight's message, um, during work. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, tonight we're going to, uh, hopefully be all over, uh, the Bible. Um, I gave Kevin like all but three verses, I think, or something like that, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to all that. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about prayer tonight. Um, that's you know, it's something that the Lord's been teaching me um, a lot over the past past couple weeks. Uh, Pastor Alex, if you were here a couple of Sundays ago, Pastor Alex was talking about prayer and um, with uh, that being one of the keys to the kingdom. And and then a couple Wednesdays ago. If you remember, if, if you were here, he, he challenged us to write down those uh, five things that, that are important to God, that God values. And I don't know about y'all, but one of uh, probably the top, top thing on my list was spending time with him, prayer, devotion. Um, that was, that was the, the thing that I really felt like in that moment, especially what the Lord was speaking to me as what he valued the most in my life was was spending time with him and, and that devotion and, and all of that. So uh, so we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about devotion. We're going to specifically talk about benefits that come from having a solid prayer life. Do you know there's benefits that come from a solid prayer life? That it's not just something that we're supposed to do. It's not something that we do just out of a sense of duty or responsibility. But there's benefits that come from it. So tonight we're going to uh, tonight we're going to talk about some of those benefits. Have you ever? Um, I'm sure some of you guys. I'm sure most of you have people in your life. Uh, that you look up to as far as like there's Christians in your life that you look up to. Maybe that's, you know, a, a pastor. Maybe that's someone, the, the person who brought you to, to Christ. Maybe that's somebody that, you know, just somebody that that's just this big influence in the church or this big influence in your life. I guarantee the one thing that they have in common, they don't shy away from prayer. They do not shy away from prayer. They might, you know, they, they might not all worship the same and they might not, you know, go about uh, uh, the, the word and studying and all of that the same. But I guarantee you that they all value prayer heavily. They all value uh, this one on one time with God. And so uh, tonight, before I get into the first benefit, what I feel like the Lord is is showing me to be the first benefit of prayer, um, you know, I really feel like 
this, you know, when, when I was putting this message together, I really felt like it tied so much into uh, a marriage. Some of you are married, some of you are not, some of you are going to be married soon. Um, and I've, I've found that over the almost six years of being married, it'll be six years in like a couple weeks, which is pretty cool. And, and even the 10 years, 11 years of, of dating and just being in a relationship that it doesn't come naturally. Being in a relationship and building a relationship isn't something that just happens, you know? It's not just something that magically, magically appears. It's not something that just happens. So, I really feel like that's something that you really have to put work into. That's really something that you have to put effort into. You never really find somebody, you never really find a, a couple, you never really find a marriage that you envy, a marriage that you think, man, this is a really, they, they are solid, they, they, are, they are great together, they have a good marriage, and I wish my marriage was more like that marriage. You never find a marriage like that when they, they don't go out on dates. You know, they, they don't put an emphasis on, on date night. You don't find a marriage that you admire that, that they, don't, uh, they don't communicate very often. Or they at least don't come home and say, hey, how was your day at, at the end of the day? They, they don't, they, you don't find that. In fact, the, the number one thing and the thing that got so annoying almost when, uh, when we were just a, a few weeks uh, from, from our marriage date, from our wedding date, was uh, people would always say, you know what the most important thing in a marriage, the key to, to a good marriage, communication. And I was like, yes, okay, I, I get it. All right, I, yep, I, I got you. I hear it over and over. Well, you know what the key is, let me guess. You know, like over and over again, I, I found it out. I know what the key is. I know what it is. Here it is. You might want to write this down. I'm like, okay, I've, I think I got it. Communication. I'm, I'm learning that more and more, that spending time together is important in building our relationship and building mine and Mel's relationship. And we're, we're, starting, to, uh, we're starting to do that more and more. We're starting to uh, put some emphasis on that. In fact, just the other night, we made some time to go on a date. It was, uh, so we went on a date last Friday, actually, last Friday, after we got done at the golf course, uh, we, we went, uh, I got home and, uh, and took Mel on a date, and it was, it was awesome. We had a great time. We, uh, what made it great was, number one, we had a gift card. Yes, that's always good. We had a gift card, and we went out to dinner, and it was a great, just a gorgeous night, so we were able to, uh, to sit outside, and um, you know, it was right uh, getting close to sunset, and it was so romantic, and uh, you know, it, was, it was awesome. We had apps and desserts, and uh, it, was, you know, we, it, was, it was really fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, and then so after the meal, after the meal, it's still daylight, and it's still like, man, this is a gorgeous night. Let's go play putt-putt. 
I was like, you know, let's go. Let's go play putt-putt. Kind of enjoy this night. It's pretty cheap. You know, let's go. So we went uh, went down to uh, 49, and uh, we, uh, we, we, we played putt-putt. And I didn't hold back. And I whooped her up and down the putt-putt course. And uh, that wasn't even fair, really. Um, and I think she was kind of bored of it by, like, hole eight. Um, but she she powered through, and <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun. After we after we get done with our round, after we get done playing putt putt, uh, we go back into uh, to like the front office there, and they have like an arcade type thing set up, and they got a ping pong table and um, a bunch of arcade games, and they and Mel spots a foosball table in the back, and she says, "Hey, let's play foosball." I was like. Girl, you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I was like, listen, I just, I just wore you out on the, on the uh, uh, putt-putt course, and I'm really competitive. I am not going to take it easy at foosball either, okay? I mean, if you really want to, we'll do this. She said, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I, I want to. Okay, so, so we, get, uh, we, we start playing foosball. Guys, she kicked my butt. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It was, I mean, it was unreal. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how she did it. She, I mean, she just completely, like, wore me out. Two games in a row. Like, it wasn't a fluke. Like, she, she had to prove that, like, it wasn't, it wasn't luck the first time. That, that she just had to, she had to do it twice. You know, and I don't, I don't know how she did it. Like, every, every goal she got, I was like... I can I can feel myself. I'm like, all right, I'm not in the spirit right now. <laughs> I, I need I need to get back there, and she's just giggling every time, you know. And it's like I mean, it's like she became one with those little like one-legged, no-armed men. Like, how did she? It's like her spiritual gift was foosball at that point. I don't know I don't know how she did it, but I mean, she just completely wore me out. But it was so fun afterward looking back on it not as fun in the moment so much fun looking back on it afterward uh, and and we were able to you know just build this memory together and have an incredible date and our marriage benefited from her whooping me at foosball our marriage benefited from from us taking some time to spend on a date and we poured into into our relationship and we and we and we really benefited from that. And so tonight I really feel like the Lord's saying just like you invest in your relationship with your spouse just in, like you invest in your relationship with your significant other, I want you to invest in me. I want you to invest in your relationship with me. It's so uh it's so easy. It's, I don't know, it's much easier when, I guess, you live with the other person. You can kind of feel tension building sometimes when, man, you know what? We, we really haven't spent a lot of alone time together. I can feel it. We're not really on the same page. We really need to, really need to connect. It's not quite as easy sometimes with the Lord to, to find ourselves in that, in that position. But I want you to know, tonight's the night 
you can start building that relationship. You can start investing in that relationship and getting closer and closer to him. Because just like, just like that uh, relationship with, mine, with, with me and Mel, spending time with the Lord, this is the first, first thing that I really feel like you, you benefit from a solid prayer life is intimacy. Intimacy is the first thing that you benefit from having a solid prayer life. Intimacy. Closeness. Being close with the Lord. When I, when I look that up, I don't know, when, when I think about intimacy, like I want to use you another word, like I want to find like a synonym because I don't know, intimacy just doesn't like, I don't use that word very often, you know, that's not like in my regular vocabulary, you know, so I want to find like a different word. And so I look up like, you know, the definition, I look up some synonyms and, you know, the only thing that I can find that like even remotely does it justice is, is closeness. And that just, I don't know, that just doesn't do it because there's, there's really, it's so much more than just being close with the Lord. There's these intimate moments. And that's really the only word that really in the English language that I've found that really does it justice is there's these intimate moments that you have with the Lord. And so obviously when you talk about these intimate moments, I'm not talking about the times in prayer when you're driving down the road it's good on your morning commute although that's good you know that's that's good like that's that's awesome that that yet we're we're in prayer while we're driving down the road that's good and i'm not talking about uh those like mid-afternoon like spiritual pick-me-up prayers you know like that's 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 not really it you know that's that's not quite what i'm talking about although that's good. That, you know, that's really good that we can pray at work. That we can pray at school and we can pray at the grocery store. And we can pray as we're going, but that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is investing in that one-on-one, no-distractions kind of relationship with God. And if I'm being honest... I'm terrible at it. And that's something that I want to get so much better at. I can look back and and I can see like the times in my life where I really feel like I'm thriving with the Lord, the times in my life that I really feel like I am I'm good and I'm I'm connected to God and I'm connected to the Spirit and I can bring the Lord into situations and it's and it's not just something that I talk about but something that I'm living out and something that people can see and in in those times when I look at like man that was a good time with the Lord it was times when I really put a heavy emphasis on one-on-one, no distractions with God. Those are the times when, when I really feel like I've really invested into the Lord, that's when I can look back and I can pinpoint those were, those were solid times with God. Those were solid times. And I want to get better at that. Do you want to get better at that? Am I the only one that's not where I want to be? I want to be better at that. Putting away distractions. Making time for God. 
putting away responsibilities, pushing those off because my time with the Lord, my one-on-one time with God is more important than my responsibilities. Obviously, you want to get that stuff done. You don't want to be you don't want to be somebody who doesn't do what they say they're going to do. But I would much rather do what I say I'm going to do with the Lord. So I want to get better at that. The first thing, the first benefit that I really see, and I only have, really only have two tonight that I really want to expound on, but the first benefit that I really want to point out is intimacy. You know what I, what I really find with intimacy, with that one-on-one time, when you, when you really devote attention to the Lord, is that as you pray, as you push away those distractions and you get alone with God, what you're doing is you're inviting the attributes of God into your life. You're inviting the attributes of God, the, the nature and character of God into your life, into your situation. So think about that. Think about some of the attributes of God. Think about the the character and nature of God. The first thing that comes to my mind, holy. He's holy. And so when I when I push away everything else and when I put a, a, a heavy emphasis on spending time with the Lord one-on-one, I'm inviting holiness into my life. I'm inviting holiness into my life, into my situation. The Bible says, be holy as he's holy. How am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to do that by gritting my teeth, by really focusing real hard? No, that's not going to happen. You know why? Because I'm not holy by myself. That's not going to happen. In fact, in Galatians, I was reading recently that, that Paul tells us in, in Galatians that how foolish are you that you begin in the spirit, but you want to be perfected in the flesh. How foolish are you? But instead, what I want to do is invite holiness into my life. Invite God's holiness into my life, the nature and character of God into my life by spending time with Him. You know, you know the old saying that you become who you hang out with. You become who you hang out with. Proverbs actually says it like this, one of my favorite uh, uh, practical verses in the Bible, that whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You become who you hang out with. Whoever you're hanging out, hanging around, you're going to pick up some of those characteristics. So if I invest my time with the Lord, guess what? I'm going to become like God. I'm going he's going to share some of those attributes with me. So the first thing I think is I I want I want holiness in my life, so I'm going to spend time with the one who is holy. I think about I think about things like victory. He's victorious. That's part of the nature and character of God. 
So as I spend time with God, as I make it a priority in my life to spend time with the Lord, I'm inviting victory into my life. Isn't that good? I'm inviting victory in my life as I put a priority on spending one-on-one time with him. I think about I think about his kindness. I think about his mercy. I think about his compassion. I think about his provision. That as I spend time with him, as I put a priority on spending time with the Lord, I'm inviting provision into my life. And the list goes on and on. As we put a priority on spending time, one-on-one time with God, uninterrupted time with God, when we're not multitasking our time with the Lord, but we put away distractions, we're inviting the nature and character, the attributes of God into our life into our situation. Jesus says in in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary, I'm going to give you rest. What do we do? We come to him. So if I want rest in my life, do you want rest in your life? I want rest for my soul. If I want rest, what do I do? I come to him. I come to him. If you do this, I'll do this. There's rest there available for you. He says in in Philippians 3, don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, prayer. Pray about it. And then guess what? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it's coming right to you. It's yours. That peace, the peace of God, it's yours. When you do what 1 Peter tells us, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. There's rest there. There's peace there. It's waiting for you there. Where's it waiting for you? In those one-on-one intimate moments with God. That's where it's waiting for you. It's waiting to be found. Peace and rest are waiting to be found in those intimate moments with the Lord. So you think, what's the magic number? How long do I, how long do I spend with God? I mean, is this like a, a daily thing? Is this like, should I wake up first thing in the morning thing? Is it okay to do it other times throughout the day? You know, I'm not really sure. You know, is it like, I mean, is two hours a week enough? I don't know. Like, what's the quota? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. Is, is, is 15 minutes all right? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. What's, what's the magic number? Where is it? Where's, where's give, me, give me some guidelines here. And the answer that, that I really feel like the Lord's saying is how much peace do you want? How much rest do you want? How much holiness do you want? 
How much mercy do you want? How much compassion do you want? How much do you want to be like me? How much of my nature and my characteristics, how much, how much of my attributes do you want in your life? That's how much time you should be spending with me. How much do you want it? Because while you, while it's true that the more time you spend with God, the more you become like him, guess what? The opposite's also true. That the less time you spend with God, the more you look like the world. Whatever you feed, that's, that's what you're going to, that's what's going to come out. So which one do you want more is really the question. Because instead of rest, you get stress. Instead of peace, you get anxiety and worry. You get depression. Instead of a victorious life, there's defeat. And that's all in the world. That's waiting for you in the world. That's waiting you out, waiting for you outside of God. All of those things. But God says, come to me if you want rest. Come to me if you want peace. Come to me if you want victory. Because it's all found in me. John 15 says, you can't do anything apart from the vine. You can't bear any fruit apart from the vine, but abide in me instead. Because outside of me is death. So that's the first benefit. It's a pretty good benefit, isn't it? <laughs> Intimacy with God. The first benefit, becoming like him, sharing in his attributes, sharing in his character, in his nature. The second benefit to prayer, to having a solid prayer life, what I'm going to call productivity. That's what I'm going to call it, being productive. There is that prayer is productive. I don't know I don't know why it is I don't know how this really happens but somehow God takes what I would think to be one of the most unproductive things that we can do one of the most unproductive things that I can think of and he turns it around and says this is the most productive thing that a Christian can do in his life pray pray that's, it's going to work. It's going to actually do something. It's going to accomplish a purpose. It is productive. Prayer is productive. Having a solid prayer life is productive. If you want things to change in your life, if you want things to move in your life, guess what? Pray. Don't try to do it by yourself. Don't try to go out there and muscle it. Pray. Somehow giving it all up, letting go of it, 
does more than you could ever do on your own. And I think it might have something to do with not, not quite as much your words, but the one who's listening. I think. Because we serve a big God. I love James 5.16. That says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And it goes on to talk about Elijah, who is a man just like you and me. Well, most of you, some of you. But he was a person like you and me. And he prayed, and it stopped raining. And it didn't start raining until he prayed again. I really like, really like Daniel. And Pastor touched on this uh, some a couple weeks ago, I believe. Daniel uh, chapter 10. It's a really cool story. If I can turn there. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel's been praying, and he's been praying for like three weeks he's been praying. He's been praying nonstop, and it's really the, the one thing that he's focused on. It's like this condition is breaking his heart, and he, all he can do is pray. All he can do is pray. He's barely eating, it says. Barely eating because he's, he's just broken over this issue, so he's just pleading to God, and he's praying out to God. And it says, it says in, in verse 12, that an angel comes to him and says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your, God, before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? That, that God sent an angel because Daniel prayed. God sent a warrior angel to, to do battle in the spiritual realm because he prayed. Do you believe that if you pray, God will send warrior angels to do battle on your behalf? Do you believe that? I mean, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to say, okay? It's easy to say that, yes, I believe, hey, it's in the Bible, I believe it. But, like, do you really, like, not just when we're here all together, praying, you know, like unified and lifting up one mighty voice to God. But like when you're alone in your home, when it's just you one-on-one, -on -one, do you believe in an angelic visitation when you pray? Because, I mean, honestly, you either believe that that's going to happen, you either believe that, that it's likely that an angel is going to come and, and show you the will of God? Or you believe that Daniel was some kind of superhuman that had more power than, than you ever will? And that's just not true. He was a person just like anybody else, just an ordinary human being. But when he prayed, he believed that it was actually moving the heart of God. I like it a little bit better, possibly, if that's possible. In the previous chapter, in chapter 9, same type of thing is going on. Daniel's praying, and he's praying for his people. He's praying for his country. 
And in 23, he has, he, he has this visitation again. Another uh, angelic visitation from the angel Gabriel. And it says, the angel tells him, At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. Isn't that cool? At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. You know what that makes me think of? makes me think of Isaiah 55 that says, Every word that comes out of God's mouth is sent out and it accomplishes a purpose. It accomplishes a purpose. It never comes back void. It never comes back empty. It goes out when he doesn't talk just to hear himself speak. When he says it, it's going to happen. And so here we, we have Daniel praying, and as soon as he prays, God sends out a word. And he sends out that word, and it accomplishes a purpose. Guess what? The prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. Let me say that this way. Your prayers are powerful and effective. Your prayers have the ability to send angels into battle. Your prayers have the ability to send a word out of God's mouth that's going to accomplish a purpose. It's, it's all in you. It's, all, it's inside of you to release and move the heart of God. It's pretty awesome. You know what Daniel was praying for? He's praying for his nation. He like he, he wasn't just praying for for his own little situation. He's praying for the, his entire country. He's standing in the gap for his entire country. And you know what happens? God sent out a word. On behalf of his country, God sent out a word. On behalf of his country, the Lord released angels to fight. I think our country needs that. I think, I think our, our leadership needs a word. Need, they, we need angels to fight on our behalf. And that's possible. Not just possible, but it's kind of a promise. It's not just not not like the prayers of a righteous person work sometimes. Give it a shot, <laughs> you know. Like that's 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 not what it says. It's powerful and it's effective all the time. Your prayers are powerful and effective. When you get alone with God, undistracted, push away responsibilities. Push away anything that's going to hinder your relationship and get alone one-on-one. -on -one. Just like I pour into my relationship with Mel, I want to pour in to my relationship with the Lord. And the benefits of that I'm going to become more like God. I'm going to exude 
holiness. I'm going to invite peace and rest into my life and into my, into my house, into the place that I work, wherever I go. I'm going to bring the nature and character of God there. And then I'm going to move the heart of God to the situations around me. Both the situations directly that I'm directly involved in and the big ones that I never really thought that I had any control over. I can move the heart of God to send out a word and to send out an angel. Is that something you want? It's awesome. I want it. I want it. Won't you stand with me? Why don't you touch somebody beside you? Something about physical touch. Laying on of hands, don't know how it works, but somehow it works. And if you mean this, pray it with me. Father, we want you. We invite you. God, we invite you into our lives. Push away any distraction. Give me that desire. To know you. More than anything else. More than the world. More than my responsibilities. More than my family. I want you. Change me. Give me your nature. Give me your character. Your attributes. That your ways will become my ways. That your thoughts will become my thoughts. As I spend time with you. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.